Hello, and welcome to the Bride Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Esty Gordon, and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So mix yourself a cocktail and let's get ready to discuss all things weddings. Today, I'm excited. I'm like, I can't wait to have this guest on because she's another, you know, big personality just like myself. And her name is Heather Davis. She's the owner of Day of Pittsburgh and also the host of the podcast Reception to Follow. And she has a lot to offer our brides, as well as, you know, like talking about her, you know, move into the podcast world as well. And, you know, I think that you're going to be able to teach us so much. So Heather, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am really pumped to have this conversation and chat with someone who's in Manhattan in New York City and kind of see the difference between what's going on over there and what's up in Pittsburgh. I know. That's that's what I'm honestly most excited about <laughs> because New York has just been on shutdown for way too long. It's insane. So it's wild. First- I want to ask you, like, how are you doing, like, with the craziness of the pandemic? So right now, I feel like it's like a normal off season. There's not much going on. Um, A lot of my February and March and now April clients have moved to the fall or actually all the way through to 2022. So I'm taking that more slower. And like, because we've already done this for basically a year it's not as scary to me to like read those emails and take action and kind of gauge what the best option for my couples are, depending on like, what is the most stressful for them. So either they move, either they wait and see and like probably have to have a smaller wedding or maybe move outside switch venues, or do they want to have like a micro wedding and elope and then save the big party for a safer time, um, all of those options are at play. And it really just depends what my clients find to be the next best thing besides what they had originally planned. Right. So here in New York, it just got announced on Friday from, well, actually, by the time this airs, this will be a week and a half ago. So last got it. Day, my bad. <laughs> um, it got announced by Governor Cuomo that Weddings of 150 of up to 150 people will be allowed as of March 15th. So it's either 50% of your capacity Mm. or 150 people, whichever is less. Got it. Allowed. Well, Um, seems to be a little bit more freeing than what you guys have been dealing with all fall. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a huge upgrade. The issue with it is that. There's no guidelines yet on how this is going to work, navigating COVID with the weddings. And from what we understand, everybody needs to be COVID tested in order to be at the event. So you're going to need COVID testing on site, which is going to be an additional cost either to the venue or the bride and groom, most likely the bride and groom. So that's really interesting. My first question is who's paying for that? Right. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah. And there's honestly, 
no one is given any information yet. All we heard is 150 max and the industry is excited. But like truth is, it's kind of hard to be excited when you really don't know like right. what that means. I hate not having like a concrete plan because my couples come to me as their planner looking for answers and guidance. And if I don't have like the rules, like they're like, well, how come this venue is letting me have a hundred people, but this one won't let me have more than 50 and we have to be masked and they're in the same zip code. And I'm like, that's a great question. And I don't know the answer. And then I have couples that like, I don't know if they think I get like a briefing from the government before them, but they're like, have you heard any changes? And I'm like, I watch the same news channels you do. Like I'm getting this information as soon as you are. And it's, it's really a tough spot to be in when I'm used to having like all the answers and like being really confident in my advice. Cause I, I really don't know. It could change tomorrow. Right. Right. And also as like the planner, you don't want to be liable. Right. To Very tricky. That you're like, I'm really unsure. I know over here we were only allowed to do up to 50 people like I live on Long Island right outside of Manhattan. So with that, we were allowed 50 people. We're still allowed 50 people, but it's it's based off of like the regulations with restaurants. So restaurants have to close at 10 p.m. now. So like so events have to end at 10. But wow. in Manhattan, they weren't even allowed micro weddings past like like early December through now they were allowed 50 people then it like closed and now there's no indoor dining in the city so yeah the inconsistency is wild and it like just keeping up with it takes hours out of your day I'm sure so it's just um yeah it'd be nice to have like some guidelines and I feel like the weddings and event industry is always last on that list. Like restaurants have a little bit more clarity. I'm sure it's a mess for them as well. But um, yeah, we also have the 10 p.m. situation for alcohol service. But does that apply to weddings or wedding venues that's like technically a warehouse or something? I don't know. And if so, who is enforcing this? Am I the head honcho in charge because I'm the planner? Or is it the venue owner or coordinator? And like, who's policing this? I don't know. Yeah. And I see a lot of people, like I see people in the industry who are still, like some aren't working right now and some are doing like weddings of 152 people in a backyard. And I'm like, part of me understands uh, from a business standpoint that like, you need to do what you need to do to feed your family. Like we're not going to sit here and act like, oh, that's unheard of. Like I'm fortunate that like, I, I'm not doing this at the moment and I'm not because I don't have the right amount of guidelines to go by and I don't want to get my own business revoked or anything or get a fine because the fines are astronomical if you do something, but I also can see it from both ends, like why you would do it versus why you wouldn't. And like, I've had to ask myself that a few times this summer and fall specifically, like when things were getting really bad and I was like. I wish the government would shut us down because I don't feel safe at work and we're all enabling this situation that really shouldn't be happening. And like, 
you feel for the brides. Like you want to empathize with them. You want to support them. And like, no one is going to tell a bride, like you're making the wrong decision by having this wedding, especially if there's a paycheck involved. Like, it's just so crazy. And I've been in situations where I have said no. And I've have said like, listen, I can do this, but I cannot do, you know, your indoor house party um, for a hundred people where there's not going to be any masks. Like I'm going to work your ceremony and then um, you can, you know, get an alternate coordinator for that half of your day. And that's really, really hard to navigate. Um, and I'm hoping like for me, Right now, I'm not working because I don't have any weddings. They all moved. So I haven't had to be in that situation for a while. And my next wedding, I think, is the first week of May. And I'm hoping by then things are a little bit looser. And also, like, the case count is down. Like, vaccinations are happening. Like, hopefully I won't feel so crazy about it. It's wild. It is. I know. Well, I'm hoping with some more clarity this way that... Yeah you know, maybe. Also, I've been holding this in the whole time. I'm from Long Island originally. Suffolk County, like the Ronkonkoma Sachem area. Okay. I know exactly where that is. <laughs> right in the middle. Um, but I have family there still. My brother lives in Long Beach and my best friend is getting married in August. And so she and I are always in contact and up to date um because she's scared for her wedding and she knows I'll give it to her straight but well crazy. here's the thing with friends and I know <gasps> some of mine will listen to this and be like oh my god but I have friends who ask my opinion all the time but they still do what they want and they won't take it and my thing is I don't tell an astronaut how to go to space I don't tell a teacher how to teach I don't tell a doctor how to do medicine, but like, I will tell you how to run your, your wedding. And because it's not like rocket science. And also like a wedding is a wedding is a wedding. Like I understand, like everyone thinks it's like this curated day about you. And while that's true, like there are certain things that like are going to happen the way they happen. And I've seen it 50 times and I just feel like they don't want to hear it because it's not what they want. Mm-hmm. but like the whole like first look argument like have the first look get all your pictures out of the way and then logistically you can go drink at your cocktail hour and like eat right. all your food and chill out I've been there we're on the same page with that um I mean I see I see people spending money where they shouldn't be spending money and then I'm like you can't you can't come to me later being like, oh my God, I'm just freaking out. And it's like, but I, I literally told you, don't choose that place. It doesn't match your budget. Right. Right. That's yeah. There's like a lack of education in the cost of things and services and everyone like vendors get a bad rep because they think we're like trying to like overcharge or like make a profit, but it's like, no, like this is how much time and energy and like equipment, like for photographers, their equipment is so expensive. The post-production, there's so much editing involved. And then there's like all this customer service crap that you're doing too. Plus you're working 12 to 16 hour days. So you have no free time on the weekends. And um, I've learned the hard way to like charge what I'm worth. And if you don't want to pay that, then we're not a good fit ever. 
I still have problems with that myself. To it's me, hard. Of, it's really hard. Um, you know, and especially people who want to like try to finagle me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but if they even ask that of the consult, I'm just like, this is a huge red flag. It's and so hard. It's for it's, me, I know where I've completely like broken down in time to accommodate other people. And then like it's it's never or or wait, no, my favorite one. <laughs> These are my favorite. These aren't really for weddings, but like when people are like, Oh my God, if you do this, uh, it's no pay, but it's so much exposure. On what, your Instagram? Yeah, but, but, but no, I, any, anything I've ever booked is really like word of mouth Mm -hmm. and anything that I've done to like, for no money or for exposure has never gotten me a job out of that. So yeah, I feel like that's such a smoke and mirrors way to get you to just work for free. And yeah. it's kind of like we're a little too old for that at this point. And yeah. um, even like with, I don't know how like prevalent styled shoots are by you, but people yeah. love to do them here. And I think that's great. But like they always want a planner to come in and and plan the whole thing. It's like basically planning a mini wedding. Right. And I'm just like, they're like, but the exposure, but the photos. And I'm just like, I don't know if the return on investment is like there. And I already know all of you, like we're already friends. So why am I doing this fake photo shoot? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I started saying no to some of that stuff and I don't feel bad, but it is hard sometimes um, when you're put on spot. Yeah. For sure. It's hard because people don't understand that like time is money. Yeah, so dude. even though like, yeah, you might not be like, making money off of something and you might be willing to do certain things like so to say for exposure now it when it cuts into your time that's costing you from making any money somewhere else exactly yeah oh don't worry we could go rounds and rounds on this seriously (laughs) (laughs) oh my god well be so how okay so you're from long island originally you live in pittsburgh how did your company day of pittsburgh get started yes so i was in the events management field for nonprofit creative arts specifically a local ballet company so i spent five years running their events which were all high-end donor fundraising events so black tie galas, small luncheons, um, everything in between. We'd have like pre-show parties, post-show parties, um, all with a dollar sign attached to it. And I found myself, I was also a dancer. So like, I really believed in the mission. I loved being around the arts. Um, and I found myself- A dancer yeah. too, actually. Yeah. yeah. Girl, I bet we know like six people. We probably do. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Like six degrees of separation? Yeah, like I definitely know someone that knows you. Yeah. Um, But anyways, I found myself like loving the events industry and like loving the day of an event and like all the magic that goes on behind the scenes and like the rewarding feeling you get when things go really well. And I learned a lot. What I hated was the fundraising pressure. So like if I didn't raise $300,000 that night, It didn't matter if the food was good because we didn't hit our fundraising goals. Um, So nonprofit event management taught me a lot, but it also taught me like, 
I don't love this part of it. I also like don't work well, like in a nine to five, like I never had that perfect office experience. And like my bosses were always great, but there was always something missing. Like I never knew um, where next, like where my next steps would go. Um, anyways, I spent five years there. I learned a lot about how to manage and direct events. Um, the woman who I replaced there left because her wedding planning business was so successful. So that was always in the back of my head. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'd be good at weddings. I haven't really been to a many, like, I think I was like 25 at this point. And, um, I was like, maybe. And then I was so fed up with just like the day to day of that job. And I was making like no money. Like it was, I was getting stuck. Um, I took her to lunch and I was like, do you think I could get into weddings? And she was like, oh yeah. She's like, you'd be really good at it. Like they're, they're stressful, but like, it's nothing compared to like the galas and the 500 person, like big ass wedding, um, events. Um, so she was like, you know what you should do? You should specialize in day of coordination because no one else in the city does it. And all the full scale planners who specialize in design and like really holding their client's hand through the process, they hate it. So I bet you, if you open that, you would get a lot of clients from them because they don't want to do day of coordination. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I basically launched day of Pittsburgh um, a couple months later and I had a couple clients. I was charging like peanuts. I was doing like, I was making no money. Um, and I was able to do both for like six to eight months. Um, and then after that I was, I couldn't do both and I chose to just take the risk. And I went from seven weddings my first season to 20 to 40. Um, and then 2020 was supposed to be my big like 50 stretch goal, but that obviously didn't happen. Um, and now I'm just doing it. And I have like a little team of lead planners. So I can work more than one wedding a weekend, which is right, yeah. how I really profit and make money because with day of coordination and like the cost of living in Pittsburgh is very low compared to Nassau County, Suffolk County and the Manhattan area. Um, so I do have a ceiling with what I can charge. I do charge a lot for the area, um, but it's because I'm the only one that offers it. I kind of have the market cornered and um, yeah, my reputation is really good. I'm really well connected with the rest of the vendors and I love it. Like, I just can't wait to get back into doing it. I feel like my goals like have totally changed. Um, and I didn't hit any of them because of what happened with all of the moving and cancels. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the gist of how, how it started. We have a little bit of a similar path. Um, I do understand the nonprofit side. Um, I see. I, I do know that side, but I used to work in healthcare doing events and PR. Awesome. Yeah. So I've applied to many of those jobs. Yeah. And I have to say, I got that job like out of college. I remember when I got the job, like the owner of the company, I was like, oh my God, this is the scariest man alive. And then he offered me the job and I was like, how are you like, how is he even hiring me? I have no clue what I'm fucking doing. Right. <laughs> so here I am. Like I went in like, so ballsy. I was like, this is what I want. This is the blah, 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 whole list. And he's like, I'm going to give you this, this, and this, like, which was even more than I asked. And I was like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, why are you <sighs> hiring me? Like, I don't know shit. Like, I don't. so it was really funny. Um, 
I worked in healthcare for a few years. I was really fortunate to learn the event side of everything. I mean, mm -hmm. I had a background in events, but on a catering end because I, I always served. Yes. And I also was a waitress on Long Island, like all the time. So okay, I'm used to that. We're going to keep going. We're going to have to talk because like, <laughs> I'm telling you, we've been to all the same places. Ah, um, I'm dying. Yeah. So I, I had a background in like kosher, um, events because I worked at Temple and I just like, I thrived in my healthcare job, but I also like would be sick to my stomach, like every day leading up to the event. And then once it happened, it was like, I knew it went well. I was happy. It went well, but I almost couldn't be happy because I was so sick leading up to it. Like that's and like, I don't feel that way in regards to weddings. Like I know what I'm doing. Like it's a different feeling, um, than being on that corporate side, the corporate side. Like I, I had more, I had so many more bad days than I had good days. Yeah. That's the best way I could say it. Yeah. I would, my worst day in business as a business owner is still better than my best day in that building. Like I can relate so hard to that gloomy panic feeling and like feeling sick and like losing sleep. And then when it's over, everything's fine, but you still feel like shit. Um, and there's also like a lack of acknowledgement um, in like you, I've not, I did not ever hear you did a good job. Um, I, once I, I felt like once I heard it, it almost didn't matter because it was like, wow. I, it was almost like, get once I got it it was so sad that like I was like relieved to hear that like I shouldn't be relieved to hear yeah. that I did a good job and it was just I mean in the end it gave me really thick skin right I, it builds your character yeah, yeah like, like I can handle any bride like come at me because I've, yeah. I've dealt with some crazy people like in yeah. that industry <laughs> I feel you and I think like we appreciate weddings like I'm so addicted to the weddings because all it is is praise like and it, they mean it and like they're gonna remember what you did for the rest of their life and like I don't know there's something about that that like fulfills that like hole that my job in events was was like not giving me at all yeah yeah I I I totally understand that. I think a lot of business owners feel that way and just, you know, that corporate structure, that same thing, that nine to five, like I Can't feel like I was a Monday through Friday, nine to five working in events. Like, oh my God, like that never happens. Like that should, you, that should be fulfilled. Right. But the amount of hours outside of that, that I worried, stressed, felt sick to my stomach, couldn't really enjoy a weekend. Emails were always popping off anyway. It was like Sunday night would come and I felt that like dreadful, like that dreadful, like where you're like when you have school the next day and you're like, oh my God, I wish I didn't have school. Like it yes. was that every Sunday. And like, I was like, I, like, I always thought after school, I'd never feel that Sunday feeling again. And oh, that's a lie. Oh yeah, I know. I lied to myself. <laughs> but like, like after like 
you know, I, I just remember like every Sunday I could never enjoy Sundays. Like meaning like even when in school, because like, I just felt like, Oh, like Monday is tomorrow. Like, and knowing Monday was tomorrow, like always ruined my Sunday. And like, I felt like being in that job gave me that same pit. And once I, let, once I was no longer in that world, like I didn't have that pit on Sunday anymore. Yeah. The Sunday scaries. I have friends that have that and they admit it. And I'm like, this is your gut telling you it's not okay. And like, you shouldn't let Mondays like, like to-do list stress out your free day. Like Sunday is supposed to be resting family movies, dinner, not stress about your email or just the idea of waking up and going into an office that you hate. I cannot relate to that more. Oh my God. Yeah. I think it took me like time to realize that, wow, like not every Sunday will make you feel that shitty. Right. It just, it took me getting out of that to realize, okay, like it's not okay to feel like. For sure. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's nice to know that I wasn't alone in that. No, no. And it's so true. And like, while I look back and I'm like, thankful for everything because it does make me like it gives me an edge on a lot of people and like that was my education like going through that for four or five years and I can handle any like I said like any bride any vendor conflict like I'm like super graceful about it because I've dealt with like way worse um and yeah it just makes you stronger at the end of the day It does. It definitely does. And I think you always need multiple experiences almost before you start your own business to really appreciate like being. Yes. Yes. You have to go through that. You have to learn like how to manage your time and even just like send emails and like communication, like via email with other vendors and clients. Like I learned all that working in the office. Um, and I needed to learn that because I didn't have those skills out of college. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm definitely glad I went forward with like having positions and stuff rather than just going right into my own business or going even like right into certain parts of the industry. For sure. I agree. So you're doing something a little different than a lot of planners do. And you have a section of your business that is known as wedding copywriting. And I want to know if you could kind of like tell everyone a little bit about that. I'd love to. So I was a journalism major in college. Um, I love writing. Part of my favorite part of owning my business, in addition to like wedding planning, is marketing and sharing stories and branding. And I just really love all of that. I have a, I think I'm a skilled writer. Um, I've grown my community and my little like sphere of influence in Pittsburgh because of how much time I put into my Instagram account and just like trying to become a voice and a thought leader and someone to look up to and refer to, um, in the city. And I just out of like, not boredom, but just like out of another arm and like to set myself apart from everybody else. Um, in addition to Instagram, because like every wedding vendor has an Instagram, like you kind of have to, I started blogging. um, And I started just sharing, like, general tips and tricks for brides or like, vendor perspectives on x, y, and z. And it just became 
um, kind of like a monthly thing that I would do. And I was getting really good feedback. People loved my writing. They loved my stories. Um, and then when everything shut down in March, I couldn't cope. And I started coping by writing and publishing a blog post every single day. Okay. Um, yeah, I published about 40 since March. Um, and it was my way of just like burying myself in work and like staying connected to the community when we couldn't see each other in person. Um, and I also started interviewing people, uh, kind of like what you're doing with the podcast. I interviewed a lot of my couples going through the postponement process and like how difficult it's been. And then I started even, uh, I started interviewing vendors, um, on their experience. Cause I feel like we became villains in this pandemic and like with the whole, like, I'm not giving you a refund or I can't work your date cause I'm already booked and like venues being unable to host, you know, your guest count. And we were getting like a lot of negative press. So I was just like, you don't even know the side of the story. So I started interviewing vendors to help get their voices out. And that like, kind of just grew its own legs and people like looked forward to it every day. And I was like doing video components like on Instagram stories and it was just really fun. And I literally had nothing else to do. So I had nothing to lose. Um, then people were like, I want to start a blog. Like I want to try doing this. And I was like, why don't I market my writing services? Because I know what I'm doing. I enjoy doing it. It's something that's pandemic safe. Um, so I put it up there and I have about five blogging clients still, um, that I write for. Yeah. They're all wedding vendors. They're photographers, florists, um, people like that. And it's just been, um, oh, a makeup artist. It's just been really fun and they trust me and I'm able to capture their voice and give them something in return that they don't have to worry about, um, to set them apart in their marketing. So that's pretty much the gist. I really like it. It's something I always, I always wanted to like be a paid writer. I feel like that's something that's always been like a dream of mine, but I never realized like how that would happen. And I never had the time. So that's something that's really pretty. And I'm really proud of that came out of um, the pandemic. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Um, you know, in today's times, what, and especially in everything that happened with this pandemic, we all saw that we kind of had to recreate ourselves. Yes. Um, oh my God. So I always feel like people who are in our field are very creative. So being able to like think on our feet and do those kinds of things, we're able to kind of navigate almost a little bit better than like some other people. Yeah, like, absolutely. So- you know, um, I, that's kind of like what my reasoning was even with the podcast, because I'm like, I, I know that I can speak to people talking to people is easy. Talking about weddings is easy for me. It's what I do. It's what I love to do. And it's, what's going to keep me relevant in a time where our business is irrelevant. So that was, you know, so it's like you having like this blog, it's like such a great platform and being able to do it for other people. It opens a whole other side to your business. Yeah. And it was just like, when I launched it, I was really overwhelmed because I just assumed it would be like 
when I launched my wedding planning business, as in I launched it and nothing fucking happened because I was brand new and it took me forever to book a client and all that stuff. But I launched it and within the week I had three like super professional, successful, like people I respect in the industry asking me to blog for them. And I was like, well, this happened quicker. And I'm like, well, because you know more than you think. And it was really cool to like see them support me and pivot and like also help them market themselves when you said like the wedding business isn't marketable right now. No one's buying. Right. Right. Oh, love that. I, I also think that with this time, um, I know on my end, the way that I've been fortunate with the podcast is I've been able to get people on that I probably wouldn't have been able to get on before because like just of their schedule and like how busy they are and like, or how big their name is. I don't absolutely really all that because I'm like, I'm like, don't call me small. Cause I'm not, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And, yes. and so like when I was like, not only like getting people to agree to come on my podcast, but also hearing from other people coming to me being like, Hey, can I come on? And I'm like, you want to, you want to come on my podcast? Like, yeah, yeah I'm just room for you. Yes. yes. That's pretty freaking dope. Like that means you're doing something that people want to be a part of and they see their reflection in you and they want to like amplify your voice, but also like put their opinions out there. Like, right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's, it's been exciting and it's definitely been keeping me going during all of this. Same. Uh, this craziness. Um, yep. So something that I wanted to talk to you about on a podcast host. Then, okay. Because like over here, like podcast hosts support other podcast hosts. Heck yeah. I love it. <laughs> there are so many, there's so many wedding podcasts out there now. And when I started mine, I was like, my goal is like, my goal is not to shit on other vendors it's not to shit on brides or anything like that. It's the complete opposite of all of that. Right. But I see a lot of other podcasts that seem to be doing like, it's almost like a negative talk to brides of like, almost like encouraging them to fight with their mother-in-law or like, fight with their bridesmaids or be the bitch of the day. And it's like, who does that? Like who promotes that? I would never, not only would I not promote my brides to fight with their mother-in-law, but like me as a person, I might not be married, but I've been in relationships. My boyfriend's moms loved me. Like we didn't have any of that. So I, I can't wrap my head around that. And I just wanted your take on it. Yeah. So I also have a habit of not looking at what other people do because once I start and see what other people do, it like my, it you're, like makes you're me good. Go, I want to be like you. that. <laughs> Is it, well, it's hard. I mean, I don't always, I'm not always successful, but it definitely stops me from taking action if I know it already exists. Um, or sometimes I'll listen and I'll be like, God damn it. I could do this so much better. Give me the thing. Like I'll do it. So like, it depends what mood I'm in, I guess. Um, I feel like those people, and I know planners like this, 
they're, they're part of that wedding industrial complex that like I can't stand. Um, and I don't know if they feel more comfortable um, echoing like behaviors like that and supporting behaviors like that, but that's like the polar opposite of my entire brand. Um, and I just feel like those are why wedding industry people and wedding planners get a bad reputation um, because they're reinforcing these stereotypes, basically, that women mostly are are like expected to live up to. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you don't have to fight. You don't have to be a bridezilla. Like there's a better way to get married. Um, I don't know why vendors do that because I personally, I never want to work with those types of people. And I would never want to promote my bride and the family fighting. Like, no, why would I want to deal with that that day? It's so, honestly, it's so trashy. And um, yeah, usually I don't (laughs) shit like this on my podcast, but I just can't help myself because I, I just like have all these things have like come to my attention. And then I'm like, why would, like, why would the topic be, brides and mother-in-laws fighting and this not like right right like I would never promote that no it's it's giving them like power and voice and like sharing those stories and normalizing it when like none of that should be normal like you said it's trashy it's tacky I feel like I don't get those types of clients because I don't market myself that way sometimes it does get dramatic sometimes shit does happen and it's usually the family's fault not my client um but yeah I don't know that's weird I think it's stupid. so weird yeah so I wanted <laughs> I wanted your your feedback on that I feel like listening to your podcast you talk about like a lot of things like a lot of trends that like are either in or out or yes. should be out and yes. I love that because I I'm sure that we agree on all the same things <laughs> and it's funny because you don't always hear like these talked about, but you had something on like, what was it on your, on your podcast about like things that should die in a dumpster yep. fire? All the traditions <laughs> that need to go die in a fire. I'm so sick of looking at them. Yeah. And you were talking about the, oh my God, like the garter toss, Ugh. which Dang I have me. to be honest, I've actually only been to one wedding, like as a guest that I've seen that done. You're lucky. And I was so glad I didn't catch the bouquet. You know, like, because I was like, I would just rather die no, 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 no. than show my legs in public, <laughs> let alone have a guy go up my dress. Good to Lord. Like, no, people, thank you. People who watch this who know me know, like, I never wear shorts. I never show my legs. It's just like one of those things about me. And I would be like, I would just die. I would die in apartment. Like no one, like we wouldn't have to worry about any other way because I was, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I actually see so many people now who aren't doing really a bouquet toss. They're actually like oh. preserving their bouquets. Like yes, I've seen that too. It looks so pretty and it's yeah. so nice really nice so well that's a trend that we're for <laughs> yes I'm pro preservation of your bouquet any yeah. way you want Love yeah it. we're we're anti you throwing it and also like it's just so um degrading to like the rest of the women who yeah it's so it. offensive yeah and I have a single friend and she was like I hate that like I feel I singled out 
I and feel I, I like truly if I was a guest at a wedding I would not go up heck no I would, I would be, be, the yeah. Bar. yeah and then it's like if I got called out for it I would just I would just die I would just have to leave I, the room <laughs> yeah I am not a fan of that at all Ugh. So I have a few different like scenarios for you. Ooh, you would not okay. if, it's, if you would keep it or you would leave it. Okay. Okay. So entrances of the whole bridal party into the reception. I think it depends. I'm a leave it personally. Um, as I get older, I find that really tacky. But if it's like a early 20s couple and they want to like, get hype and like fist bump it and like choreograph I'm into that shit too like it depends I would leave it for myself but keep it if that's like who you truly are that's fair sorry yeah no I think I think it's okay when you don't have a huge huge bridal party but if your yeah. like bridal party is like more than six people on each side like you I'm also like that. kind of anti-bridal party too I didn't have one um I just introduced me on that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it sometimes gets a little hard. It is out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a lot of opinions. Oh yeah. yeah I just know when it comes to my day, like I'm going to be like, don't worry. I have this covered. I, I can't wait to see about it. <laughs> I can't wait to see your wedding plans. They're going to be dope. Oh God. I just have to find the groom, but like, yeah. but like, I mean, that should be like really simple. It's really not. It's really not. <laughs> um, if anyone has a nice brother, cousin, you Got know, you. Next time I'm home, you know, good, good guy. Yeah. You know, people from Long Island. So it might, you might have a fit for me. I got you. <laughs> um, Okay, so let's see. So we went over the the bouquet toss, obviously. Oh that, yeah, that's a leave it. Entrances could be on the fence. Debatable. What do you think about the bridal party or like all the groomsmen doing one of those like group dances? Okay, so full disclosure, I was a dancer, like I said. <laughs> I also coach a collegiate dance team on the side. Um, two of my best friends who I was bridesmaids in their weddings to both of them made us learn a routine and flash mob surprise their whole guest party I would leave it because I just find that like it's not a recital it's not your <laughs> dance competition and unless you're a professional bomb dancer like nobody wants to see that and none of your old AF friends want to <laughs> dance full out <laughs> under such pressure um they're gonna kill me for saying that but yeah that's a hell no to me sorry <laughs> I I like don't mind watching those things like <laughs> YouTube and stuff you know like because there's some yes. really good ones out there and then and then you go down a rabbit hole and before you know yeah, it, and then you're like wait you watch like 17 of them um yeah for me I think it's like so cheesy, but I also know that like when I get married, I want to do something really dope, like some dope dance with my dad. That's like fine. I, it would be so funny. Yes. But like, I, I think see where that wouldn't be everybody's. Yeah. <laughs> if it matches you and your dad's personality and relationship, like I had a bride last fall, she did a Jimmy Buffett dance with her dad and he wore a Hawaiian shirt and it was like, very very cute but also we were all crying because it was like so authentic to them so I feel like there are exceptions to be made depending on that 
And I think like even your first dance, like with your husband, like I choreographed that, um, but it wasn't anything crazy. Like I was just like, dude, you need to like spin me here. We're going to dip. Um, so yeah, yeah. The moms always need coaching. They do. They, they do. I'm sorry. Coaching. I'd be like, yeah. listen, you can't be like coming onto the dance floor with like two feet that like aren't properly. <laughs> like we're going to like make a lesson at like Fred Astaire and like get your yes. shoes. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like, I already got this, but I can't have like my husband embarrassing me. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> what do you think about, do you think that all the bridesmaids should wear the same dress? No, no. I okay. hate that. Yeah. Um, mixed match. We're grown women. We all have our own style that we feel, feel comfortable in. And I just think aesthetically too, it's just looks better when it's mismatched, but still cohesive for sure. hundred percent. And I think like, it's a sign of the times, like back in the day, you didn't have all these options to like choose from that. Everybody did wear the same dress, but like, we're living in times now where there's like, you could get the same fabric for different styles that will like fit people properly and yeah and I agree that like yeah I just dated yeah I had a friend who um anyway well this wedding didn't really (laughs) so I guess I could kind of talk about it (laughs) but she asked everybody to be her bridesmaids and then she ended up like foregoing the big wedding and she just like did a small wedding so we all got these dresses right okay and never ended up wearing them. I don't even know where mine is. It's going to be sold on Poshmark or something at some point, but it was navy blue, which I was like, okay, I already hate that. Right. She wanted us all to wear short dresses. Like I said, my legs don't see the light of day. So I was already, (laughs) I'm dying. Right. Then I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I find a navy blue dress. It's fine. It works. It was one shoulder. Like it was like, I can make this look attractive. Then she said she didn't want us to wear heels and to wear flats. And I was like, no, that is where I draw. I'm sorry. Yeah. I you're setting me up to, already have to see my legs. Now I have to wear flats. I was like, I'm sorry. Flats are like, never okay. They're yeah. never okay. And we don't like anybody who like wants their bridesmaids to look ugly. I can't. I just, that's wrong. Yeah. I I don't, I don't mess with that. Yeah. So that dress (laughs) somewhere, but it's (laughs) (laughs) what do you think when grooms and groomsmen wear like sneakers? I think it's a little childish. I haven't had that happen in a while. I did have a really cute group of groomsmen wear Converse and they pulled it off. Um, but I just feel like if I'm wearing like a $2,000 dress, like you can wear dress shoes. Um, unless it's a casual, like it's, unless it's like a casual backyard party, which could happen right now. Um, Yeah. yeah, I only had that once. This is coming from a girl. So I had two dresses and my after party dress was a fully gold sequin, like, club cocktail party dress and I did wear my converse with it but that was at midnight so I feel like if you want to go casual you can like do a quick change right exactly I I I agree with that and a lot of people do wear something different to their after parties so I feel like that's totally normal but it's like 
when the groom and the groomsmen are all in sneakers I'm like it's just no aesthetic yeah I don't I'm not a fan I'm also not a fan I'm with you on that what do you think that the future of weddings is going to look like in Pittsburgh I think that things will be smaller for the next year like as far as guest count um, I think dinner will be more plated and less like stations. Stations were getting really popular here last year. Um, but I feel like because of like the rules and catering and stuff, we might see a backtrack to like a more formal plated dinner service. Um, I think eventually though, it's going to go like, it's going to get like Gatsby'd like with the roaring twenties and people are just going to go absolutely insane and I cannot wait to be there <laughs> when that happens, but I think it's gonna be a really long time. Um, I think smaller is smarter. People are like really traumatized by having to move and downsize and postpone or cancel. Um, and I think people are, are remembering like, yes, while I've been dreaming about this and like I do want X, Y, and Z, like at the end of the day, I'm getting married and that's the most important thing to take away from it, but. Right. I think it's also showing a lot of people during this time that like, yes, like as people in the industry, like we love a big party. We love the glitz, the glamour, like the high end, all of that. But like at the end of the day, it's your marriage that matters. So like, you're not like, this is kind of showing you like, are you marrying the right person? Is this the right relationship for you? Like, obviously we've seen a lot of people grow together as couples and we've seen a lot of people, unfortunately break up prior to getting married during this time, because it's like you hit this like big tragedy prior and it's really how you come out of it. Yeah. And I've, I was going to say that too, but you nailed it on the head. Like it's a test. And like, if you can endure this and still love each other and support each other and like want to get married, then like, you know, you're with the right partner for you. And I think that's really important too. So, yep. Yeah. So what projects should everybody look out for from you? So I am super into my podcast right now. I kind of replaced the blogging with podcasting. Um, I found that more people listen to the podcast than ever read a single word I wrote, which is fine. Um, So I'm excited in the next few months to have like a regular guest calendar in rotation, kind of like you. Um, And then I'm actually thinking about offering some small business coaching to wedding vendors, um, or marketing or branding, or just like creative brainstorming for, um, what they can do in their downtime or how to grow their wedding business. I'm still not sure. Um, and I'm actually like waiting because I don't know how busy I'm going to be in May. Like, I don't want to put all this stuff out there, but then have like 12 weddings and not be able to balance. Um, so that's definitely something to keep an eye out. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is you have a lot going on right now, which is great in the off season and that in this time, like it doesn't matter that it's off season or slow. Like you've already put into place all these things that you want to do. Yeah. Thank you. It's been, doesn't feel like that in the moment, but it's definitely kept me motivated and relevant. Like you were saying before, and like, this is temporary. So we have to make sure we're ready to get back to it when it's time. 
Yeah. That's, that's my thing too. It's like, wow. Like, okay, we're going to like get back into it. And it's been almost a year. And I'm like, crazy. it's so crazy. Cause part of me is like, wow, this is the longest year of my life. And then another part (laughs) is, wow, it's been a year. Like this is so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like March, I'm going to be like, damn. Cause that's when like that, like everything really happened. Right. Um, And I'm interested to see like how I do, because it's got to be better than, than last part. Such a mess. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Praying to God, it better be oh, better. Fine. Better be better than last March. Oh, so now, God. One more question for you that I that I ask everybody on every episode. What advice do you have for our brides and grooms currently planning during a pandemic? I would say don't let the uncertainty of the future rob you of the joy and excitement that you get to feel today. So whatever milestone you are on today, whether that's um, getting proposed to or booking your venue or finding your dress, I feel like a lot of people are scared to lean in and like really feel that happiness because they're scared they might not get to wear their dress on their date or they're scared that something will happen and they'll have to move it um, to a later date. And while yes, that's all true. And like, even pandemic aside, like shit happens, life happens. um, There's always going to be sad parts of your life, but that doesn't mean they should negate like the joy that you feel when you find your gown. Um, And I feel like that's the advice I'm giving like all my couples and even my friends who are planning their wedding. And it's like, it's still Sunday. Like you can still, have the Sundays and like not let the Monday or potential Monday affect your happiness in the present planning process. Yeah. Uh, Does that make sense? It, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's no, like, don't have Sunday scaries. Yeah. Don't have like wedding Sunday scaries. Like enjoy those moments, like go to your cake tasting and like have fun. Like there's so many really exciting memories and moments to experience before the actual eight hours of your reception and ceremony so don't forget about those two because those can happen yeah I think a lot of people I think like part of the problem is they don't like bask in the enjoyment of the planning process Mm, and totally there's so much there's so many fun parts about it um you know finding your dress having a food tasting like there's so many good fun parts of planning that it shouldn't be stressful for you it should be a fun time yeah and if you're feeling like it's not fun or it it is so stressful that you can't enjoy it then you should take a break um because like you said earlier like you could plan a wedding in a week if you had to like if you knew the right people and you were adamant about doing it um so if you have 16 18 months and all you feel is anxiety and dread thinking about cakes, then don't think about cakes for a little bit. Like it will be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Heather, where should everybody follow you? Plug, plug away, plug everything. Okay. Um, at reception to follow for my wedding planning podcast, which is for anybody that enjoys weddings, whether you're a couple or a person who's not married, but hopes to plan a wedding one day or a vendor um day of pittsburgh on instagram at day of pgh that's my wedding planning company um 
for day of coordination. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Um, It's been honestly so fun. I feel like I'm looking at the Pittsburgh version of myself. I know. I feel like we're (laughs) twins. The next time I'm home, we need to get drinks. We we really do. We do. For hours. (laughs) We do. Um, And obviously I wish you the most prosperous 2021 of what thanks girl you know um hopefully you know with this vaccine with everything going on um we'll start seeing you know business really start picking up which will be yes right back at you keep in touch as we head into the spring I I definitely will Everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Bride Tender Podcast, where you can catch us every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere as we're on every streaming platform. Also, make sure to tune in to YouTube so you can see my shining face. You can see Heather's shining face. And you know what? And really get to see the faces behind the personalities. Um, if you're not already following me, go follow me at the bride tender for all fun facts on the wedding industry, ways to save money on your special day and hiring the best in the business for your wedding. Make sure to go follow Heather at reception to follow. That's her wedding podcast. Um, you know, just like over here, like she shoots the shit and keeps it real. (laughs) And, um, and her business day of Pittsburgh at, day of pgh um until next week mix yourself a cocktail slide into my dms with questions you want answered on all things weddings you know feel free to rate review and subscribe give five stars tell everybody how sophisticated stunning and smart i am and um we'll catch you next week bye bye